bitch, please. Oh, bitch, please, my ass. You want a sandwich? Dig that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your ass. Oh, what a wonderful mess. And I'll come back here next to explain it all here after this commercial here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with my Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. beginning I said oh what a wonderful mess and that mess I'm talking about is college football it it brings so much to all of us who went to a college especially a major college foot a school with a major college football program and the balls are flying in the air and brings you back to your days in college especially for me when you know I worked on college football sideline for 22 years. But the crazy side of this sport, the way coaches behave, the players getting in trouble, how administrators administrate, all becomes this fine, tangled mess that you just have to sit back and laugh at. If you don't, you go crazy. Well, here's some things. Deion Sanders has taken over the uh, college football landscape. And in my mailbag this week, I got sent uh, some audio about, uh, I guess, a comment I made some time back about uh, how high school players are being squeezed out of college football and, you know, major college football and have to play on the lower end and then hope to transfer 
into a larger college in a lot of places being, you know, they would either have to leave um, power five school, non-power five schools, I'm sorry, to go to power five schools or soon to be power four. Pack two doesn't count. Anyway, uh, also the junior college route and hoping to land in the power four. So, but here's an interesting comment from Deion Sanders about all that. And then we'll get deeper into the show. Um, recruiting classes, and we bring in all these. Let me tell you something. The portal now, man, it, it's it's free agency. Yeah. I feel bad for high school kids because we're only taking like four to five high school kids this year. And they're getting the, they're getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. The NCAA is going to have to come in and say, we got to increase the scholarship for high school kids because why would you take the chance when you already have – a plethora of kids that's already been to college, made the adjustment, and you know what's wrong with them or you know what's right with them, and you'd rather go there instead of risk at a high school kid. Yeah, 22-year-old versus 18-year-old is a very big difference. Very big difference. Yeah. And coaches are getting fired in a couple of years, so you're trying to get guys that ready to help you now. Right. Instead, of, no one red shirts anymore. Yeah. You've said- Here's the interesting part of that for me. It was the statement that Dion made about uh, – Coaches are in a rush because they don't want to get fired. And so what they do is they have people on their staff that tamper and reach out to connections of other players on other rosters, as I talked about in the transfer portal uh, episode. But, yeah, they reach out to former high school coaches or they reach out to um, any connection that kid may have to see if they're happy where they're at. And if not, then they can make sure that they know I got a spot for you. But that's all about taking develop, even more developed talent and throwing it on your roster. Look at Dion's roster. He's got 40 something transfers and everybody said it wouldn't work. It can't work. There'll be no team chemistry. Well, right now he's 2-0. and He's kicked a snot out of Nebraska and TCU. And he's got a big game this weekend against Colorado State. And there's a coach at Colorado State that made a comment about Dion, And Dion has now made that comment personal and made his team make it personal. You know, we had to do a bunch of ESPN videos. And it was great. I loved it. And, and – uh but our kids came out of those videos really with a chip on their shoulder. They're tired of all that stuff. They really are tired of it. And I sat down with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. So Jay Norvell, the head coach at Colorado State, chose to, I don't say throw down the gauntlet. I think he's trying to deflect things and take the pressure off his kids by making a comment and making it about him and not about his team so his team won't feel the pressure of the game they're playing this Saturday against Colorado. It's an interstate battle, uh, big brother, little brother. He knows that maybe he can throw Dion off and off his concentration and throw his team off. Well, Dion had a response for him in his team huddle 
and it went a little something like this. I'm out of my own business watching some film, trying to get ready, trying to get out here and be the best coach I could be. And I look up and I read some bull junk that they said about us. Talk to us. Once again, uh, talk to us. why would you want to talk about us when we don't talk about nobody? All we do is go out here, work our butts off, and do our job on Saturday. But when they give us ammunition, they un around and made it what? It was just going to be a good game. They un around and made it personal. It was going to be a great test, a battle of Colorado, but they un around and made it personal. Well, I guess for Dion and his squad, it's going to be personal now. That beep you heard was not Dion cursing. It was actually one of his players cursing. Dion doesn't really curse. Dion is always respectful to people. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Does take his hats off and his glasses off in the most uh, appropriate places. But a press conference or whatever, big deal. That If people haven't figured out yet, that his primetime is his alter ego, his other side of him. That's what he likes to show to people is primetime. He doesn't show them Deion Sanders. He doesn't talk about Deion Sanders. He doesn't talk about the good stuff of Deion Sanders. He just talks about, and he lets you see prime time. Well, it should be interesting up in uh, Boulder this weekend when the, uh, the Colorado State Rams, I believe it is, come in town to play Dion and the Buffaloes, and we'll see how personal it got. Or did it get personal at all? Well, I guess we'll have to wait till uh, Saturday to find out. Here's a little crazy tidbit. A Georgia fan is mad that kids are allowed to attend games, home games at the University of Georgia. Now, why would somebody be upset that kids, young people, future fans, future ticket buyers, uh, future students possibly, are allowed to come to games? Because then he can't swear around them and he wants to swear and act a fool while he's at the football game what happened to cheering clapping high-fiving your neighbor or your friend you may boo the ref may yell at your own coach or a player but to get upset because you can't swear because little kids are around you then maybe you shouldn't come. I don't know. This past Saturday, Iowa State in Iowa played for the Cyhawk Trophy. That's the uh, the trophy between Iowa and Iowa State. Somebody, some people call it the the boring battle, but anyway, or the battle of good water because uh, Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa, where Iowa State is, <laughs> claims to uh, not Des Moines. I can't think of the town that what the town that uh, that they're in claims to have outstanding water, the best water in Iowa. Well, the last four years they've actually lost the title to Des Moines and Keokuk, Iowa. But the reason why I bring it up, our former president, number forty-five, Donald J. Trump, 
was in attendance. But not only him, but the other, some of the other Republican candidates were there too. Iowa has a great thing when they wave the kids at the end of the first uh, quarter because there's a hospital attached, uh, win, uh, large room window that's attached to the uh, field or hangs over the field and everybody turns, including players and coaches and everybody in the crowd to wave at them. Well, there was other things being waved at Donald Trump and it was people's middle finger. So maybe just leave our, the games and our sports alone and take your politics elsewhere. And when I say politics, I mean actual politics of you trying to um, stump for votes. That's that's not a place for uh, in college football. Coach Mac Brown at North Carolina University is upset because Trez Walker, one of his athletes, is not allowed to play, being allowed to play by the deemed ineligible by the NCAA because of a second transfer. As I stated last episode, and in my um, transfer portal episode, they were going to pass, and they have passed by the membership. And again, I use the term membership because the membership is the schools that make up the NCAA. And that's all the schools that play amateur, basically amateur uh, athletics, are members of the NCAA. So their presidents voted for this rule that stated you get one free transfer. Your second transfer, you must sit out a year. And this was because the NC2A got tired of having case after case of athletes claiming sick parents, sick grandparents, sick siblings, dying siblings, dying parents, dying grandparents as a reason to be allowed to transfer. Now, people like Jay Billis, who's just phony as, you know, he's a dookie, so... But as phony as as a two uh, no, sorry two dollar bills are real, is a three dollar bill, make trying to make a stink of it on ESPN and you know wherever anybody will dare to interview him, just because a he's a lawyer, and he used to be a big Division one athlete doesn't make him right. The rule was explained and sent out to every school that if you're bringing in a second year transfer. They're sitting. They still get all, they get their scholarship. They can't be blocked on what school they go to. They can train and practice with the team and all those things. They just can't suit up and play. And again, the reason why I bring this up, Mac Brown, the coach at North Carolina, is all up in arms and blaming the NC2A, and it's a coward way of running. They all do it. They run to the press who all basically hate the NCAA and they know that they're going to get uh, instant points from the members of the media who will champion their cause. But again, here's the thing. When those presidents and ADs go to vote, who do they talk to first before to get their opinion from? The coaches of their teams. 
And the coaches of their teams all said, yeah, we want that rule because maybe it'll stop some of the tampering or some of the, a lot of the transferring that's going on because it's out of control. But as soon as somebody don't get their way, the NC2A is the worst thing in the world. Please. You get so tired. And I'm not a big NC2A fan, but I, under, I understand there is no magic man behind the curtain. Yes, they have a president of the NC2A, but all rules and regulations are voted on either by the presidents or the ADs of all the institutions. So when you're screaming, I hate the NCAA, you're actually talking about the schools you root for. In other news, as I said, this, is, this episode is one big beautiful mess. Mel Tucker, head coach of the Spartans of Michigan State. Well, at this point right now, he's the suspended head coach of the Spartans of Michigan State. Stupid is as stupid does. You don't bring a rape survivor and a sexual violence advocate to talk to your players and be a part of your staff and then turn around and hit on her, try to hit on her. Now, there's a phone call that supposedly took place between the two of them that lasted a half an hour where he, I'll just say his saying, tuck coming and tuck tugging, <laughs> was uh, going on during the phone call. In another case, he told her that he was an ass man. Number one, know your audience. Number two, know if you're actually in a relationship. Number three, if you're in a relationship, the business part of your relationship has to end. She filed a suit for a hearing of uh, Title IX sexual harassment against the coach back in December. And for some odd reason, and I was on, believe it or not, I was on the hearing uh, sexual harassment and harassment committee for the past two years up till January at the University of Minnesota. Now, I never heard, they hate to hear a case, call it a case. I never uh, had to sit on a panel of a hearing for some reason we Part of it was the two years I did it was uh, COVID was part of it. So everything kind of, there was no students on campus. Uh, there was barely employees on campus. So everybody was keeping, keeping themselves to themselves. But once we got back, I still, I don't know, maybe there wasn't enough of them where they needed me. They did ask us what day and times we could be on and maybe that didn't fit. But they were clear on one thing, that if you have an issue that you think rises to harassment, you need to get yourself out of the situation as soon as possible and file, a, you know, and file the suit. Now, the, inter the other interesting part to me is the athletic director. Uh, it doesn't go to the school president. It goes to somebody else underneath the school president. We're not allowed, not by the school, but the way things are set up, to tell them that harassment, I guess, suit is not the actual word, uh, harassment 
uh, charges had been filed on Coach Tucker. So you, when I said uh, this was done in December, and everybody's like, well, what took it so long? That's what took it so long. And actually, they probably still wouldn't know itself for the fact the alleged victim, Brenda Tracy, spoke to the media. So she broke, She was the one who broke the confidentiality of this whole case. It wasn't Coach Tucker. It wasn't the uh, Michigan State hearing panel. It wasn't the AD. It wasn't the president. It was her. Now, some people are asking, is she an opportunist? Is she looking to gain something? Is she out to destroy his career? Does she have a vendetta against football athletes because and coaches because that's where her sexual assault took place with, uh, I can't remember the school, but it was uh, perpetrated forcibly by football players at the school she was attending at the time. And it just, I don't know. I mean, she's the alleged victim, so I, I don't blame victims. But there are a lot of people who are out there saying that she's an opportunist and that this doesn't smell right. Here's the other thing. Like I said, Coach was being, you know, kind of being kind of stupid because you, you, everybody knows in that situation you can't have a relationship with anybody, a business relationship and a friendship, but you can't try to have a romantic relationship. Even if it's the other person is willing to have it too, you have. If that's the case, then you have to end that business relationship before you go any further. Also, there are some people who think that this is a an assassination on his character because they just signed him to a huge ninety million dollar contract a year or so ago. And now they're starting to get cold feet about it, and they may want to find a way to get rid of them. That's a kind of hard way to get this all to get to that end. Also, his suspension, he's not being paid. So, you know, the other part of this suspension is the person that hired him was the AD, AD Haller at Michigan State. And A.D. Haller, Alan Haller, the A.D. at Michigan State, is also a black male. So, don't let's not throw race into this. Maybe the, the contract is something that, but I don't think they try to drum up sexual harassment charges to break his contract. Male just needs to be smarter. Coach Tuck needs to take some time, reflect, the hearing is in October. Uh, some people think that the hearing is just the Michigan State going through the steps to eventually fire him. So right now, uh, things have been taken over by longtime assistant coach at Michigan State University, an assistant head coach, and also an African-American, Harlan Barnett. He's been around Michigan State since Coach Perlis. Now, if you know, remember who Coach Perlis was, that was back when I was in college, back in the 80s. 
So uh, Coach Barnett has been around for a while. He's uh, the interim head coach. And surprise, surprise, they also brought in special assistant head coach Mark D'Antonio. I'm not not D'Antonio. Dan Antonio. Yes, that Dan Antonio, the guy who was the head coach before Coach Tucker, because Coach uh, Dan Antonio, just in the out of the blue, retired and left the school up a creek without a paddle because he was feeling some pressure on maybe some harassment things that his players may have done or maybe some comments he made. Michigan State, you are a mess. But let's all, I'll tell you this, let's wait for the hearing to uh, get this all out. I'm shocked that an advocate for sexual harassment and sexual violence would be the person that leaked that this is going on. It just eh, it just doesn't feel right. Just when you just thought there was peace and quiet on college campuses, now we have the uh, union or not to union talk coming back from the for college athletes. Of course, they want to be paid. In January of 2022, a group of Dartmouth, Dartmouth or Dartmouth students working in a school dining hall formed a union. Now these are students. I'm in I'm in a union myself right now at this point, and I have been since 2004. People have to understand. Once you get into a union, your next step is to try to bargain to get a contract to get paid and get benefits. But there are other things that come with that. You can be fired. You can be cut. You got to pay dues to the union. When you get paid, you have to pay taxes. It's not going to be money, money, money. It's going to be the real world like most of us face. But it seems that Dartmouth, the basketball players, had talked to the students to, who wanted to form a union to see why they, why they were so gung-ho in doing so. The players have come together and voted to unionize, but it's unclear what they're seeking at this time. There's uh, those players are seeking something. It's not known right now. Something to keep an eye on. But if in the Northwestern University, which is a private school, took a vote back in 2015, I think it was, to unionize or not unionize, and they met with a labor representative who broke it down to them, and they voted no because. For all the reasons I gave a little bit earlier about taxes and fees and, um, the, uh, you know, if the school becomes your employer, you can be fired, you know, terminated, terminated without cause, terminated with cause, all those different things. When you collectively bargain, you also are capping the amount of freedom that you have. So I would... Ex- Tell 
If a young athlete came and asked me, I would tell them to tread lightly and clearly understand what they're doing. Now, Dartmouth is an Ivy League school, so these young men on the basketball team are probably pretty smart. But still, they better tread lightly on becoming a union because you're giving the schools a lot of power that you may not totally understand. Here's one for you. A young man at Ole Miss, a defensive tackle at Ole Miss, has been recently kicked off the team and is suing the school for $30 million in punitive damages and alleges that head coach Kiffin intentionally took adverse action against him. The young man's name is DeSanto Rollins, a former defensive tackle at Ole Miss University, and is seeking $10 million in compensatory damages and $30 million in punitive damages. Now, you may wonder, what is this all about? And this is kind of ties in back into the union stuff that I was talking about. Well, he alleges that doing a mental health break, which people is a thing on college campuses and really a big thing, a big thing coming in college athletic departments to the point I know at the University of Minnesota, they now have a mental health staff in the athletic department because it was one of the things that the student athletes wanted. They wanted more strength training. They wanted better and more meals. Of course, they wanted money. They wanted their, uh, the use of their na uh, name, image, and likeness. And one of the last things that fell out of this was they wanted mental health services. So this young man was on a mental health break. Now, he did not talk to Coach Kiffin directly. He talked to one, his position coach and told him that he was taking a mental health break. Here is a snippet of a conversation Rawlings had with Kiffin. Kiffin, did you call this meeting? Rawlings, you said, you said, did I call it? Kiffin, yeah. Rawlings, uh, no. Kiffin, okay. So what are you doing? You just after two weeks of not showing up? What's going on? You came to say you're quitting? Rawlings, what do you mean two weeks of not showing up? Kiffin, you haven't been here for two weeks. Rawlings, I told Coach Savage I was going to take a mental health break. Kiffin, okay. You're having a effing, okay, you have a effing head coach. This is a job. Guess what? If I have a mental health issue and I'm not diminishing them, meaning he doesn't say that they don't happen, I can't not see my effing boss when you're, told time and you told again and again the head coach needs to see you 
wasn't to make wasn't to make you practice wasn't to play a position you don't effing want to Kiffin is not an orator <laughs> okay it was to to talk to you to explain to you the real world okay so I don't give a F what your mom says okay or what you think in the the real effing world you show up for work and then you say hey I have a mental health I have mental health issues okay I can't do anything for two weeks but if you change my position I won't have mental issues I guarantee if we're effing I guarantee if we're effing called you and said you were playing defense you wouldn't have mental health issues Rollins definitely would Kiffin no you've been no would would you have been at practice would you have skipped the two weeks of workout Rollins why are you calling it skipping Kiffin well it is Rollins I took a mental health break Kiffin okay hey Keith Carter I'm not going to show up to work the next two weeks oh you want me to meet with me no I'm not going to meet with you slams phone fired Rollins I mean you're acting like my issues aren't real Kiffin I didn't say they were not real Kiffin again okay I didn't say they're not real you show up when you're when your head when your head when your boss wants to meet with you and I mean it mean it it wouldn't have been like this it would have been okay if you would come when you kept getting messages that the head coach wants to talk to you to you to young you say I'm not ready to talk to him again Kiffin I hope this was taken from a somebody was recording this because if the if the young man is reciting this by Vadim Vadim either Kiffin can't talk or the young man has has a um, English problem Rollins I wasn't Kiffin screaming well what effing world do you live in Rollins I don't see why you you have to be respectful honestly Kiffin get out of here go you're off the team you're done see ya see ya Rollins <laughs> cuz I Kiffin see you 
go, go. And I guess, and guess what? We kicked you off the team. So go read your effing rights about mental health. We can kick you off the team for not showing up. When the head coach asks to meet with you and you don't show up for weeks, okay, we can remove you from the team. Rollins. All right. Kiffin. It's called being a P word. <laughs> it's called hiding behind S word and not showing up to work. You show up when your boss, when you're, when your boss, so when you have a real job someday and your boss says, hey, come in and meet, I advise you to go meet with him and not say, no, I'm, I'm not ready to meet with my boss maybe in a few more weeks from now. Rollins, I got it. Well, I don't know if the con... This is what I'm reading. Again, boy, Kiffin is no orator. But this goes back to the whole union thing. Would he have more protections? Yes. But could Kiffin build a case to get him fired or get him kicked off the team? Yes. These are things athletes face all the time at different colleges and different sports on college campuses. And a lot of coaches don't know how to handle these things. And this is what some of them talk about. Well, a kid doesn't accept coaching hard. Well, that's not coaching. If that is what that was said, that's being a jerk. There's being a jerk, and then there's hard coaching. Pushing, 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 pushing to get them to want to push themselves. That, what I just read has nothing to do with that. Oh, man, these coaches. People, if you thought the past couple of off-season in college uh, athletics have been crazy, wait till we get to athletes being paid directly by the schools and collective bargaining and all these other things. You ain't seen nothing yet. It's only going to get weirder, and it's only going to get wilder. So, you know, strap it up. It's coming. And to wrap all this up, it's time for the petty. Or maybe it's the pity. Because it's, oh, Uncle Nick Saban throwing a pity party on his radio show. And actually, it sounds kind of petty. But I'll let you all listen. Coach, how are you, sir? Well, Pee Wee, I've been wanting to talk to you all week, man. I mean, we got to firm up the pocket. <laughs> We're setting too soft. We're getting pushed back in the middle. All right, everybody thinks we can't hold up against the blitz, but they're sacking us with four-man rush, one three-man rush. Only one sack came off of a pressure, so I wanted to ask you what the hell's going on. <laughs> so, old Coach Saban, was that his way of getting to his players? Because it sounded like he was blaming his quarterback, his offensive line his uh, offensive coordinator, without calling out any names, if 
you didn't know anything about football. You just thought he was having a good old pity party and whatnot. He was having a rant against his own offense. When you're talking about stepping up in the pocket, that's your quarterback. When you're talking about alignment and not blocking and getting pressure off a three-man rush or a four-man rush, that's your offensive line. And all tied together, that's your uh, offensive coordinator and his schemes. Nick talks about this thing about rat poison when his team gets praised and he doesn't want them to feel too good. He, you know, celebrate the victory very short, but then let's get to business. And when people start talking about how good and how dominant they look, he calls it rat poison. And that wasn't poison. That was pretty petty, Nick. That was pretty petty pity. Well, I tried. Well, we're going to put a bow on this episode when we come back here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. In a world that's racing a mile a minute, a split-second distraction can change everything. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw Bryant. Every day we see too many people, heads buried in their phones, unaware of the dangers they're in. Texting and driving isn't just reckless, it's playing Russian roulette with your life and the lives of others. In just four seconds of distraction, you've driven the length of a football field. Is there any text message that's worth your life, that's worth the lives of others? I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years, but I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now, stop texting and driving. Pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this, at Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. And we're back, and that was the band Screedy Politi, <laughs> the bumper music for the last couple of shows. It's a favorite album of mine. It was a 90s, I don't know, funk fusion type group. They got into my playlist, and they got into my head. So, well, another big week of college sports is coming along here, or college football especially. Your conference play is going to start picking up here. But I bet you there's still going to be a lot of craziness off the field and a lot of petty off the field. Remember, tell a friend, check me out. Thanks again to Mike Bryant of Bradshaw and Bryant and also Alan Johnson of linksart.com. And that's L-I-N-K 
A-R-T-Z.com. Caps, T-shirts, jackets, jerseys. Man can do it all. And also, that village idiot that repairs sports equipment. What's his name? Oh, jbsgloverepair.com. Well, until next time, keep watching the balls in the air and keep waving fair catch. Talk to you later. JB is my name and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. I am Negro, Black, African American, Black, Black, Black. Django. JB. Damn, Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know JB, our great Negro sex machine.